When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Freak Considering WCW Nitro. I'm walking through the intro for some reason that I don't know. I'm Dr. Duncan Gibson. And joining me, as always, is the man who only deals in kayfabe and nothing else. It's Matthew Kayfabe. I like that you always say, as always, because I feel like it's, it's a little bit disappointed. You're like, as, as always. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> There's that whole, every time I say it, I actually have like a pang of um, like, oh, is that the right thing to say because of the argument Wayne and Garth have in Wayne's world? You know, at the end of the second act where everything goes wrong just before Wayne addresses the camera and goes, hey, look, I know this film's starting to suck. I know everything's really bad. Where uh, Garth is like, I'm just like your sidekick monkey as always with Garth. But I don't know, you know, if there's another way to introduce you. Then, um, you know, yeah, maybe I should sit down and actually. I mean, it's a wrestling podcast, so I'd really like to have my like my my entrance music play uh, and to be announced as if I was, you know, with my height and weight. I might have to weigh myself. I don't really know how much I weigh. So at seven foot four and forty seven kilos, <laughs> <laughs> the emaciated one, Matthew K. Fabe. Yeah, um, I would anyway, be now. I'm going to fruit and consequences. Uh, New New Mexico, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's What's that? uh, it's a place in New Mexico, but it's also where oh, it's a yeah, real yeah, place. Yeah, but it's also where uh, Cactus Jack was built from. 
Ah, cool. Yeah, see, I, I don't. Well, we've only done one episode of the ECW podcast, so I. Or is that WWF Cactus Jack? It's both. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't watch Raw. I was a WCW baby, baby. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, let's get into Nitro. This was aired on the uh, 1st of April uh, from Cleveland, uh, Ohio. Uh, Eric mentioned something about rock and roll. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland for some reason. Yeah, it's Cleveland <laughs> Rocks. It's the President's of the United States. Yeah, I know. But it's not like Chuck Berry or Elvis or... You know what I mean? We're from Cleveland. Well, I also think that Cleveland Rocks is a bit tongue-in-cheek as a song. Uh, yeah, Cleveland Rocks is, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame being there, <laughs> is that also tongue-in-cheek as well? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great rock and roll move. And I only know that because that is literally the plot of Tenacious D, is them trying to get to Cleveland to get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then I don't really remember anything else besides that. Oh, they have to get the Pick of Destiny, that's right. <laughs> That's what the film's called. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like famous musicians from Cleveland and all I can think of are LeBron James. Like I'm just, I'm like, he's from, he's from Queensland. From, I think someone from Parliament, um, Funkadelic's from Cleveland. Yeah, I can't help you, man. New York, I know. LA, I know. Uh, even Washington, some punk bands from Washington I can help you out with, like Bad Brains and stuff. Uh, Seattle, obviously. But Cleveland. Guided by Voices. Cleveland, I'm pretty sure. Are they? I think, They're a good I think band. So. Doesn't, I don't know if they, Guided they, they by Voices <laughs> back catalogue, you know, necessitates the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame being there. I mean, there is, there is like a very sort of, I guess, famous musician from Cleveland that I only knows from Cleveland because he's been recently cancelled and it's been mentioned in a couple of articles. Uh, Marilyn Manson is uh, is from Cleveland. Oh, yeah. is he really? But Marilyn Manson wasn't very good before he got cancelled and he totally sucks now, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, um, that late 90s, you know, like, what happened to rock and roll in the night? The first half of the 90s was so good. And then the last couple of years, things just really drastically, you know, like, we went from Nirvana, like, on one side of the Atlantic, you know, you've got, like, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and then even, like, people like Jeff Buckley, who we were talking about off air just mm. before we start recording. And, um, you know, and then on, on the other side of the Atlantic, you've got Blur, Oasis, Supergrass, Radiohead, like, all these bands that just, like, come out in the early 90s and they're still doing stuff in the late 90s but then in, you go back to america and it's like hey corn you into corn limp biscuit we've got limp biscuit for marilyn well, manson like, like there was this weird like you know, in australia you've got rat cat you've got uh you've got the mavises you've got frente uh these are all bands that i've listened to in the past i don't like <laughs> i know you're wearing your rat cat t-shirt right now I had a run-in with one of the guys from Ratcat over an ex-girlfriend, so I'm not going to say I don't really like them, but I understand that people enjoy Don't Go Now on the dance floor of indie clubs, So, and I'm not going to deny them that. You, they might they might have enjoyed that 20 years ago. I don't think Don't Go Now isn't still a classic. I don't think people are like, absolutely. let's go to Mr. No, McClellan's finishing played. room and check out Don't Go they Out. They absolutely do. They do. He he's, it still gets played there quite well, a bit. He needs to update because that's not right. Um, <laughs> if if he gets asked to play it, he plays it. He's you know 
It's a friendly oh. gentleman. Anyway, this is getting very North Carlton. <laughs> 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 Podcasting's meant to be a global audience. So anyway, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's in Cleveland, and Eric confused me. That was the point of that conversation. Um, we start again right in the ring. Uh, Sting is um, having a match against the Giant, and Eric is explaining via commentary over the top of us uh, of the match that Jimmy Hart paid off Harlem Heat and the Giant, who was meant to be Sting's partner in a tag team match, which makes no sense, uh, so that Sting would have a match against the Giant because Jimmy Hart is trying to take out Sting because he doesn't like Sting because he wants to manage Lex Luger. Where's Jimmy Hart getting all this money from? I don't know, but he had a big giant envelope that said confidential on it. So, I just assumed there were thousands of dollars in there. I didn't ask any questions. <laughs> yeah, well, you're absolutely right. He's a wrestling manager. All those guys are millionaires, man. <laughs> I mean, those jackets, he has to- You can obviously afford the jackets with the spray-painted people on the back, so. Well, this uh, ends with a screwy finish, uh- the Giant's about to choke slam Sting, and Lex slides in for the save. The Giant yells at the camera that the only reason Sting is alive is because Lex was in the ring. It, w- it was good that uh, they finally gave a reason for Sting to like and trust Lex Luger. Yeah, it's only taken- it's only 14 weeks too late, but- uh- <laughs> I mean, like, St- Sting could have also been like, hey, how about you just tell Jimmy Hart to fuck off? Because uh, he's, like, making my life needlessly painful. But instead, he's like, well, you know, if you'll come protect me from the big giant. The big stinky giant, as Hulk Hogan would call him. Hmm. Well, he's a big stinky giant. Um, we go to a ad break and come back. Eric is still recapping the most confusing segment of all time. He basically is explaining- What I loved about this was that he's explaining what's going on throughout the whole first match, hmm. in inverted commas. Uh, then we go to an ad break, come back, and Eric is still explaining what the first segment was about. And you always know that something's really packed a punch when a narrator has to come in and explain something twice. <laughs> <laughs> really hitting those story beats and keep, keeping people interested in a in a, a <laughs> in organized and sensible story. <laughs> it's just it's like the Princess Bride. Like it's just you know good good storytelling with a narrator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, we're at the comm desk. Should we see what everyone's come as? Please. All right. Uh, so today Eric has come as Maverick from Top Gun. Uh, Bobby has come as one of the B Sharps. <laughs> that, that made me, I, I may have laughed to myself when I wrote that. Uh, Pepe has come as Shania Twain from the Man I Feel Like a Woman film clip. <laughs> <laughs> and Mongo has come from the. All right, I'm going to get this out without laughing at my own joke. And Mongo has come as the woman from the Open Up and Say Ah album cover by Poison. (laughs) (laughs) Skinny bop bop indeed. Can we we do a a podcast recapping uh, Rock of Love, the Brett Michaels... I, I actually watched TV that. show. Oh, it's so good. Fuck. Because it's just like, but- they always do like, usually it's like, oh, you know, we've got a bunch of like people that are like, you know, wearing really nice clothes and trying to, you know, the, we're the bachelor and we drink champagne yeah. and we're classy. Brett Michaels just 
here's Brett Michaels' house, here's 12 strippers, we know what's going to happen. <laughs> and it's great. It is exactly what you would think. It's just like gonorrhea, the house. We could do, I don't know if, the, do you think there's a whole series of podcasts in that? Or do you think it's more of a one-off, like we watch a whole season and talk about it? <laughs> I think too much would happen in a whole season, such as the time where the woman accuses the other woman of uh, of currying favour with Brett by sneaking into his room at night, and she found out because she snuck into her, his room at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brett Michaels, what a legend. Um, Sean Michaels kind of plays Brett Michaels. Yeah, absolutely. Like, is. I always thought that's what that was. I always thought when Shawn Michaels went proper solo mm. that he was ripping off Brett Michaels. And I assume that he got the name. Like, is Shawn Michaels, is Shawn, let me try and speak English. Shawn, is Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels real oh, I name? can't believe I know this. And I, I my surname is Kayfabe, but his name is Michael Shawn Hickenbottom. Oh, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a terrible terrible name! That's one of the few occasions uh, with wrestling where I've been like, yeah, they probably should have changed it. Yeah, the heartbreak kid he- Sean Hickenbottom doesn't have the same <laughs> doesn't have the same ring. Yeah, I think I think he might have. I think he because they really would have hit prominence like almost at the exact same time, and professional wrestling would never do something that was current. Like Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels might, wasn't though. playing. No, but Shawn Michaels wasn't playing Brett Michaels in 1985. He was playing Brett Michaels in 1995. Hmm. Like, it was, in 1985, he was playing, like, you know, I don't know, Cream or something. That, not quite Cream. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. He's playing ABBA. Like, he's, you He's know. more like Van Halen. Yeah, the that's- Rockers. There we go. I was just trying to think of something I hated. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Man, Shawn Michaels is so different in The Rockers. I mean, like- Mm. For just, I just wanted to win the obvious statement award for today, but it mm. like I was watching the nineteen was it nineteen eighty eight Royal Rumble or eighty nine Royal Rumble? Mm. Um, because Sean hadn't turned on Marty by then yet, right? No, I don't think so. And he just like, and Marty's kind of the leader as well, which is weird, like because he's the elder one, so he's sort of it's like, oh man, this is like. Sean's like this baby-faced child standing next to Marty Jannetty where he's like, well, let me tell you one thing, Mean Gene, the Rockets are going to, you know. And it was like, he did, even facially, he's got more fat in his face and it was just weird. Like, it's like, it's the same dude, but it's not. Um, I just need to, because I've fallen into a little bit of a Wikipedia hole while you've been talking. Uh, I just I'm glad I hold your attention <laughs> that well. Uh Brett Michaels' uh, last solo album was released in 2013. It's called Jammin' with Friends. Oh, God. They're not jamming, jammin'. Uh, yeah, of course. And he's like just the Stevie Wonder jammin'. <laughs> and listen to this. Jammin' with Friends is the fifth studio album by rock artist, Poison lead singer, and reality television star Brett Michaels. <laughs> well, I mean, he is, though, right? Like, he is a reality television star. But wouldn't they be like, it's, it's the guy from Poison. Like, that's why, surely why you know... Brett Michaels, but at this point he's just as relevant for Rock of Love. Anyway, we need to we need to get back to. The I think there would right? be. I don't know, man. Like the last episode we did, a lot of people have downloaded that, and we barely spoke about wrestling. So. <laughs> yeah, but if Brett Michaels isn't selling albums, he's certainly not uh, pushing podcast downloads. 
I think anyone younger than you mm. would be more likely to know Brett Michaels from the show, from the TV show, than from Poison. Yeah, that's probably true. Particularly when because- When the fuck was Poison last played on anything that but- wasn't Kerrang, the English metal- Oh, I mean, like, uh, every rose has its thorn probably still gets some play, but I think- Uh, I always forget about that song. I always think that's Bon Jovi for some reason. Well, it basically is, let's be honest. But I think the the issue with Poison is for anyone that wasn't, you know, 18, 15, 21 when, like, Talk Dirty to Me came out or whatever, it's a bit like, oh- I'm listening to the music that my dad fucked my mum to. Like it's it's like you can't be you can't be like born in two thousand and like ugh. Oh right, 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 right. I see what you're saying. I was like, what? My dad never listened to poison. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you My dad was listening to Leonard Cohen. That's it. I feel like he only listens to Leonard Cohen now. I I bought open up and say ah on tape. And I remember it being one of the few times- I know, right? That's how old I am. And I remember it being one of the few times where my parents legitimately, usually because I was so mm. fucking milk toast with my music days, <laughs> it was one of the few- You know, it's like, I love the Beatles. And my parents were like, fine. <laughs> Good. Your dad's like, I it used was- to fuck your mum to this. <laughs> <laughs> now, neither of them really liked the Beatles. Mum liked the Stones and the dad was like too cool. Oh, he was wow. too underground. To- I mean, he liked them, but he mm. wasn't- you know, he was like, oh, I like the Beatles, but he was like, but real rock and yeah. roll. Have you heard of Frank- Big Star? He, no, he's more like, you know, you should listen to Frank Zappa. And then, like, he'd put it on. And to me, it just sounded like. And then, like, a scary man sort of talking like this over the top of songs. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I want to hear the pretty melodies. Anyway, I bought Open Up and Say Ah, and Mum and Dad. It was one of the few times when Mum and Dad were like, um, I don't really want you listening to that. My album, and it kept being like taken off me. I remember it like for a good six, 12 months, the album kept being taken off me and me going back and stealing it back off my parents so I could listen to it. And then, like, looking back on it, it what well, it's not very, you know, my, like, my mum made mean, me return uh, the hot dog uh, flavored water, the star- chocolate starfish, <laughs> and the hot dog flavored water by Limp Biscuit. Which but is- that's because it's a terrible album. Your mum was just like that, Matt. You're better than that. You should take that back to the oh the store and get a real record. I got a JB <laughs> Hi-Fi, which is uh, uh, you know Tower Records or whatever. I don't know how to describe it for Americans. But um, I got a, a gift voucher for my birthday, and I remember driving that driving to JB at, in one Turner with my mum, and my mum was listening to Carol King. And then we got chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water and put it in on the way back. And my mum, uh, I think she got half a song in. She was like, "Take, how did they let you ta- walk out of the store with this? They should not have sold this to you. And then I had to go up with my mum. And it wasn't just returning the CD. My mum tried to make a formal complaint about the fact that they sold me the CD. Uh, so that was cool. Wow. That, was, that was pretty rock and roll. Um, now I do a wrestling podcast. Yeah, well, there's there's some of our backstory, guys. You've all you've all been crying out for it. You both, <laughs> you uh, you got a little bit of both there. Uh, next up, we've got a triangle match. I like, I like these kind of matches. But anyway, we'll get into that in a second. It's the Nasty Boys versus the Steiner Brothers versus the Road Warriors. Uh, the Steiners get the win by pinning Johnny Grunge. What? 
uh, Public Enemy <laughs> came down at the end of this match, knocked out the Nasty Boys, and they were disguised as the Nasty Boys. Uh, Johnny Grunge then replaced... Um, I can't remember which nasty boy it is. Uh, in the middle of the <laughs> ring, uh, Scott Steiner <laughs> didn't notice and pinned Johnny Crunch. If that sounds confusing, it's because it was a little bit. Essentially, the <laughs> public enemy came down disguised as the nasty boys and then inserted themselves in this match so Scott Steiner would pin them and the nasty boys would lose and then the public enemy would be like, ha-ha, sucked in, nasty boys, you lost. At least this is the public enemy being... A bit more public enemy-ish. Yeah. Um, can I t- can I tell you something, Matt? I really enjoyed this match, and I really enjoyed this inventive screwy finish. <laughs> <laughs> even even though even though it was like uh, you know, I, I I actually thought it was pretty well done for Nitro '96. I agree. I enjoyed like I enjoyed all of this. I sort of tuned out while watching it, and then looked up and was like, "Ah, oh, the you know Scott Steiner pinned a nasty boy." And then the commentator started. I thought I was genuinely uh, like, "Wow, that like turns out a fat dude in like a in an art riot <laughs> t shirt looks just like a nasty boy." Yeah, it was well done. I enjoyed it. There was a guy wearing a Wallabies jersey, uh, a Wallabies jersey for uh, this might that might be the most Australian thing I've said on the podcast. A Wallaby jersey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Uh, is the Australian Rugby Union team, they are called the Wallabies, and they have a jersey and uh, kind of like well-educated frat boys will wear them. And uh, this guy was that, and he did not stop jumping up and down and drinking beer for the entire episode of Nitro. So I'm glad that he represented Australia with pride. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, yeah, all that. Um, oh, yeah, I was into this, man. I'd like to see, I'd like to see more triangle tag matches full stop. I'm into anything with the Steiner brothers. It. Yeah, they definitely make like uh, Rick Steiner did some um, selling that were you know like sort of triple corkscrew, um, you know, off shoulder bumps and stuff that were really believable, but also like kind of amazing that someone that size can can do that. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Next up, we've got Hulk Hogan and the Booty Man. Uh, versus Arn Anderson and the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, uh, Hulk Hogan, who is the babyface, mind you, uh, of this promotion, not just this match, hits Taskmaster with a foreign object and the most dangerous <laughs> weapon in WCW, a high heel, <laughs> to get the win in this match. What were your thoughts about this? Uh, when Hulk Hogan entered, so the Booty Man enters slightly behind Hulk. And then he's just sort of like over Hulk's shoulder. Hulk rips his shirt off as he always does, tosses it behind him, and it hits the booty man. <laughs> and it was just so spectacularly wonderful. It just like made my life. Like, did I secretly slightly enjoy Kimberly Page? Uh, the the or as as Bobby called her at one point, the booty Kimberly. Uh, <laughs> bending over the booty man and kissing him. Yes, I did. No, wait, that, that probably needs better description given the, the character. Uh, leaning the booty man back and kissing him on the lips of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're, I think we're bobbing around in some murky waters. <laughs> I mean, everything you said was fine. It just feels weird and gross. Yeah. Like when Kimberly kisses the booty man. 
Can it, do you think Murky Waters is my uh, is my wrestling character? By the way, oh, it's my blues name. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I get kicked out of the blues club pretty much every time I walk in. There. My blues name would be Murray River. It's Murray River. <laughs> Uh, um, do you think the, do you think, um, Booty Man would have had, because the Booty Man is a terrible gimmick and there's no way, I mean, even though he does seem to be slightly over, I think that's because of where he's come from. Um, do you think that if he was given an even slightly more sensible gimmick than the Booty Man, he could have been a slightly bigger name? In WCW, or does NWO just completely well blow all that shit out of the water? Let's be honest. He's been the Zodiac. That didn't get over. He's now the Booty Man. That's not going to get over. He's very briefly going to be uh, Hulk Hogan's buddy who the NWO mercs. Uh, I can't remember what he's named at that point. It's not going to get over. Though, to be fair, it was about half an episode. Um, and then he's going to be the Disciple, which doesn't get over. So I think uh, it might just be that he sucks. Yeah. Uh, we're in the ring now. Mean Gene interviews Hulk, the booty man and the booty babe, Kimberly. Uh, the booty man says that he has uh, he has a way to get the last laugh finally, but he can't tell us how um, or now because <laughs> uh, that would be too easy and he doesn't want to give uh, the baddies the satisfaction. Do you notice how he said satisfaction like three times like that? Satisfaction. Clearly he was trying to get that over, right? <laughs> I think he actually think he was. <laughs> I think that was meant to be a thing, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> uh, even Hulk Hogan in this promo is dismissive of uh I keep going to call him Brutus. The booty man. I mean, as I said, Hulk Hogan opened this match by tossing his shirt at the booty man like he was just human garbage. Like, he didn't exist to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but the Booty Man's like, hey, I think I've got a way where we can, like, make all these guys disappear forever. And Hulk, Hulk's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Your name's Ed Leslie. You know? Get it's fucked. Like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll see next week what uh, the Booty Man's plan was. Uh, uh, we are at your main event, ladies and gentlemen. If you Rick to Flair- speculate on what the Booty Man's plan is, because my, my speculation is that he's dug a hole, he's put sticks over it, and he's left, yeah. like, a bottle of whiskey to get, like, Ric Flair to, like, run at it. <laughs> um, I I think he is, um, yeah, I think he's uh, going to <laughs> uh, set up a Gold's Gym and, <laughs> uh, and tell Rick that he can uh, work out there anytime he wants. Uh, and then as soon as... Uh, as soon as uh, Rick walks through the door, the facade of the, the the gym, like, falls down on the road like a Buster Keaton movie, <laughs> and Rick's walked into the back of a police car, and then it gets <laughs> driven off. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I've completely stolen it from a Buster Keaton movie, but yeah. A- <laughs> um, I'm all classy and shit. I watch, like, silent movies and that, like, with, like, the classic comedians in it, like, fucking, you know, like, uh, like with, uh, like, Charlie, that Charlie Chaplin guy and that. <laughs> uh, next up, it's your main event, ladies and gentlemen, Ric Flair versus Lex Luger for the WCW Championship. Uh, Rick retains the title after woman threw hot coffee 
in Lex Luger's face. Uh, this wasn't a bad match either. Weird Lex story going on here at the moment, man. Like he's he's is he a face again, or is it still like oh, we've got, have we gone back to the same story that we had four months ago of like can we trust Lex or not? Which the answer is no, but right? <laughs> the answer is like you can trust Lex, you just shouldn't trust Lex. Like you can do anything, but like you shouldn't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like you know. This is yeah. This is a fine match. Um, Ric Flair's pretty good at wrestling. Um, pretty good at getting yeah. thrown around. But uh, yeah, I don't need to see too much more Lex Luger. I know we're in for five more years of him, but yeah. You know what I think the the issue is at the moment. Uh, ultimately, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few. Hulk Hogan's one. <laughs> um, we don't really know who's in the title picture. You know, like, all the storylines are sort of, like, you know, they're kind of centred around Hulk and his little gang. Well, Ric Flair doesn't really uh, feel like the champion. Which Macho Man doesn't seem to be a- Ric Flair doesn't really feel like the champion. No, because they, they book Hulk Hogan mm. like he is. And then probably Sting. And then probably Lex Luger. And then Ric Like, Ric Flair's like- Oh, how do I have to beat this guy that I'm, you know, theoretically is less than me? I'll t- team up with this tiny fat de- man who pretends he's the devil and hangs out in like a spooky <laughs> prop dungeon. The other thing as well, like uh, the horsemen aren't really together. Like we're not getting that. Well, I, I know gone. this meant to be this. Yeah, but I mean, Benoit's nowhere to be seen. So like, there's this weird, you know, like. Yeah, Arn Anderson's hanging out with Kevin Sullivan all the time. There's this weird sort of like Dungeon of Doom and and Horseman Alliance, but not really. Um, you know, Rick's the champion, but he's a like he, <laughs> he's a he's a heel, but there's no baby for I mean, like to me it just seems pretty obvious that you would get Sting to go after Ric Flair here. Yeah. He's the most like Sting's the most over guy on the card. Break him and Lex up for fuck's sake! <laughs> like, give the titles to one of the numerous tag teams that you have on the roster that people really love, whether it's Harlem Heat or the Steiner Brothers mm. or whatever, or uh, LOD or whatever, um, or Road Warriors, whatever they're called, <laughs> um, and then get seen to go after Rick. But it's just this weird thing of like, oh, this week it's a uh, Lex is going after. I think Rick. what really, like, the whole, the Horseman Dungeon of Doom thing makes absolutely no sense. Like, to put it into context, it's like the Horsemen are these sort of private school, rich, well-to-do jocks who are, like, better at everything and but still willing to cheat um, to, to sort of get themselves over or get, get them, you know, mm. make sure they earn more money, all that kind of stuff. And the Dungeon of Doom are, like, those guys... That like wear like you know it's free dress day at school and they wear like a like shitty op shop suit and trench coat with runners and they have like a put on laugh where they're like <laughs> and like you know do shit like that like you know play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it just doesn't make sense that they'd be friends with the Four Horsemen. No, well the the story was that they all hated Hulk Hogan so much that they were going to join forces to end Hulk Hogan. But as we saw it uncensored, <laughs> Hulk beat everyone on the yeah. roster. So you know it just 
these stories don't and so it's still like kind of a remnant of that of like oh well these guys are friends because they don't like hulk it's like yeah but if if hulk's gonna win then surely that you know that sort of uh, alliance that's being held together mm. with tapes needs to fall apart. Like, that's the next logical step in the story. We need to see those guys all start arguing amongst themselves. Then maybe you have a war between the Dungeon of Doom but and the But also, Horseman. like, if, if you were the jocks and you were like, hey, we hate this guy and we need some help to beat him up, you're not going to be like, hey, let's go to the dorks that might be school shooters. You're like, hey, look at, like, Harlem Heat. They're pretty, like, fucking massive, giant, muscly dudes. Look at the the Steiner brothers. Like, that, you know, they'll just, like, they could, they could kill anyone. Look at them. They're murderers. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't know why. Anyway, I, I'm just bothered by the fact that I don't feel that Kevin Sullivan should be friends with Ric Flair. Yeah, no, but I agree with you. And it's kind of like none of the stories are really landing because none of them are really making any sense, mm. you know. Like, even though there was good stuff on that episode, on this episode, um, mm. you know, there's it's kind of like, oh, uh, well, okay. You know, even when the booty man is talking about, like, oh, I've got a way to get rid of these guys forever. It's like, who are you talking He's about? He's like, guns. Are you talking Have about you the guns? if we bring a gun <laughs> to the ring? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's Brian. Pillman's he thinks beginning. get real so, dark. We don't want to steal that. Do you want to? Um, do you want to? <laughs> um, do you yeah, want what's to on the yeah, other channel? I'm bored of this. channel. Well, this is this is serious. We're in uh, San Bernardino, uh, California, the home of rock and roll. Um, <laughs> we open with <laughs> mankind defeats Bob Holly. Huh, okay. Wait for it. It's happened. Mark Mero. Def- Holy shit, Johnny, Johnny B. Bad, Bad defeats Isaac Yankum, DDS, which I believe wow. is uh, Kane doing Britt Baker's gimmick. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Kane all <laughs> upping as, uh, <laughs> as Britt Baker. Skip and Zip uh, defeated Alto- Aldo Montoya oh, and Barry Horowitz. That's a, that's a downside. And then uh, The Undertaker yeah. defeated Justin Bradshaw. Justin it's Bradshaw. Bradshaw. It's when is Bradshaw that? was a cowboy. Yeah. Oh, JBL. Right, right, right. Oh, I, I never knew. Does J stand nah, for Justin? No, it for John, I knew but that. it's just they called him yeah. Justin in yeah, early on. Right, that's, right, okay. Um, it's one of his WWF what, names. Uh, what are you? Yeah, I'm probably still going to watch. I'm probably still going to watch. I mean, um, Cactus Jack being. The first match was Cactus Ma- Jack. Mankind, right? yeah. Holly. Mankind, right. Yeah. I don't know, Mankind. Like, I'm trying to think of it, like, practically, which one I would watch. Probably WCW. But um, if I had been watching ECW, mm. which in our- in the WrestleWolf universe we mm. have been. So, I would probably want to check him out. Um, I don't know. I would tape Nitro and watch it after. I would tape Raw and watch I think it I would Nitro. watch Raw. Part- I mean, I can't believe you wouldn't watch your favourite uh, WCW wrestler, Mark Merritt. Um, but anyway- that's okay. Um, I only like Johnny B. Bad. I like the Johnny <laughs> B. Bad gimmick. And then uh, <laughs> ratings-wise, let's see who agrees with who. Uh, April 1st. Sorry, friends. Uh, 2.9 uh, was Raw's rating and 2.8 was Nitro's rating. So, uh, Raw just, just 
Huanayan. Hmm. It is interesting. I kind of was under the impression that Nitro was winning all these. No, we're about to go into a bit of a glut of Raw winning for a while. Okay. When does the 83 weeks uh, happen? I believe so it's about the middle of the year. Um, so, it's right. in June. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think we can wrap that up there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for subscribing, uh, rating, reviewing. If you feel like we deserve it, you can do that. Uh, Apple Podcasts is probably the best place for that. Uh, you can check out our website, which is WrestleWolf.com, uh, or follow us on the socials. We're WrestleWolfPod or WrestleWolf, depending on the platform. Uh, but until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead. <laughs>